Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's a lot of shalls, isn't it? So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and, cons- and confirming the word with signs following, Amen. Everybody said, amen. amen. Let me read one more verse to you. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20 says this, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Amen. I want to talk to you for a while tonight. I don't know how long. Uh, these guys in the office are making fun of me because they think this is like a 15-night series. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I want to talk to you tonight about being an apostolic church in power, passion, and purpose. I don't want to be an incomplete church. If we're going to be an apostolic church, we are going to have the power of God, we are going to have passion, and we are going to fulfill His purpose. Will you throw your hands in the air and talk to the Lord for a moment? Father, Father, we desire that anointing that Brother Pat was talking about. Father, cause your anointing to flow. Cause your anointing to flow amongst us, O oh God, as we align ourselves and unify ourselves for your purpose. I pray, Father, open our ears to hear what the Spirit would say. God, don't let me speak anything that you don't want spoken. Don't let me leave any word out that you do want spoken, but let me speak your perfect word exactly how you want it to be said. Open our mind to understand. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated, and I want you to to pray one more thing. It's one thing for us to get it in our head and understand it and know it, but I want the truth to be so deeply ingrained in my heart and my spirit that it's just just what happens. It it, it goes to the core of my belief. I don't have to think about it. It just becomes part of who I am. So would you one more time as you're seated, lift your hands and ask God to put His truth so deeply on the inside of you that it becomes part of who you are. Oh God, let Your Word dictate my life. Let Your Word dictate my thoughts. Let Your Word dictate my ambitions. Let Your Word dictate my desires. Oh God, let it become part of who I am. In fact, let me be molded by Your Word. I thank You for it, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. I've, I've become aware, I guess, over the last few months that there are some things that I believe so deeply and hold so strongly that I never talk about them because I don't even think about them as something that we need to know as a church. Uh, but I, I've come to talk about some of those tonight. I, I want to talk to you about some deeply held beliefs and, and, and ideas and core beliefs 
about the apostolic church that I think that we need to get a hold of. Uh, I thought about titling this, What Does It Mean to Be Apostolic? And uh, unfortunately, uh, some folks think that, you know, that apostolic church, those are the folks that dress funny. And uh, that's, that's what it means to be apostolic. But that's, that is a, a tiny piece of what it means to be apostolic. To be apostolic, if you don't get anything else out of this tonight, I want you to know this. To be apostolic, it means that we believe, teach, and endeavor to practice what the first century apostles did. We believe it, we teach it, and we endeavor to practice it. I'm trying. <laughs> I, I gave that to somebody in Lewisburg because he, there was a, how many ever been asked that question? What's that a, apostle, what, what is, how, how many people have ever been asked that question? Just wave if you've ever been asked that question, okay? So I, I was asked that question in, uh, in, in Lewisburg, and I, I, whenever he said, I'm glad you said endeavor to practice, and that is what we're doing. We're endeavoring to be like the apostles. That's what the word apostolic means, is like the apostles. Um, why is that a good practice? Why do we want to believe, teach, and endeavor and endeavor to practice what the apostles did? Well, because they are the model of the first century church. Uh, Acts 1 and 1 says this, that whenever Jesus was taken up, that after he, I'm sorry, let me just read it. Until the day he was taken up, after that through the Holy Ghost, he had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In other words, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he was with those apostles, those 11 apostles and, and maybe others, maybe upwards of, of 500, but certainly these 11 apostles, 12 minus Judas, uh, for 40 days speaking to them concerning the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, I, I understand just from reading the Gospels that Jesus was a very engaging teacher. Uh, crowds flocked around him to hear him teach. I'm sure that he held the apostles' attention very well whenever he would teach them uh, in a private session. But now they were learning from the one who, had, who they had seen die on a cross and now was standing there alive talking to them with nail scars in his hands. I'm pretty sure he had their attention. And so for 40 days he spoke to them of the things concerning the kingdom of God. We've got to understand and we've got to get inside of us this belief and that is what the apostles said is right. And now they were human and they did err. There were places where they erred and it's pointed out in scripture where they made mistakes. But their doctrine was right. They were, they, uh, Peter says it this way, that we handled the word of God. The living word we handled. They got the word directly. And so there is no commentator, no author, 
No 21st or 20th or 19th century preacher that has a revelation different from what the apostles had that can be right. They were right. We believe that as the apostolic church because we believe that, uh, I'll just read Acts 2 and 14 to you, the Holy Ghost fell. And, and, and by the way, let me just aside, this is turned into a 16-week uh, series right now. Let me just give you a little aside. The Holy Ghost falls on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, right? We all, we all know that happened. Someplace that prayer meeting got out of the upper room. And it was noised abroad, and, and that's what gathered a crowd of who knows how many, but 3,000 repented on one day. So let me just as a little aside here, when we're in worship service, it's okay to move about. It's all right if you just want to get out of your seat. It's all, it, we don't have to stay where we're at when we worship the Lord, because on the day of Pentecost, they even wandered outside. Now, if you want to wander down in the parking lot, that's fine with me. Whatever you feel to do. Amen. But it says in, in verse number 14, after they had asked, or they, after they made this accusation, they said, these men are drunk. Uh, they, they, they drink new wine. And Peter stands up and he says, these men are not drunk, as ye suppose, uh, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. All of a sudden, this fisherman has got revelation. How does that happen? Because in John chapter, I think it's John chapter 14, John chapter 17, Jesus prays this prayer and says, I pray, I'm sorry, that's the wrong scripture. There's another scripture where it says that he, uh, Luke 24, 45, he opened their understanding that they might have understanding of the scriptures. That's why the Apostle Peter could stand up a, a maybe illiterate fisherman at that time and begin to preach out of the book of Joel. Because Jesus himself gave them revelation concerning the things of the kingdom of God. So he gets up and he preaches about that. And then he says, uh, the conclusion of this sermon, uh, or at least the answer to the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we believe as apostolic believers that that is the entrance into the kingdom of God. That that is the death, burial, and the resurrection. Uh, we believe, elbow somebody and say, we believe, make it personal, I believe Peter knew what he was talking about. I believe Peter knew what he was talking about. I want to clarify something. When I say apostolic, please understand that we are not idolizing first century apostles. We are looking at them as our instructors in doctrine and examples in practice. I want to see restored all of the power that the first century church had and then exceed it by the last day church. We should be governed by their doctrine and inspired by their example. We should be made wiser by their errors and we should be made bold by their results. God is no respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of principle. If we want apostolic power, we need apostolic practices. To be apostolic, does, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. To be apostolic does not mean we align with the teachings of some central organization or denomination. It is not similar to being, 
and I'm not calling anybody out, I'm just throwing some names out here. It's not similar to being Baptist or Methodist or Catholic. To be apostolic is to be committed to the teachings, principles, and practices of the first century of church. We are not trying to align ourselves with doctrines of anyone other than the first century apostles. We are not trying to align ourselves with any other extra-biblical tradition. We want to align ourselves with the teaching of the first century apostles. I am tired of trying to get God to bless what I'm doing. I want to look in the book and find out what God blesses and then do that. In fact, I'm almost hesitant to talk about what it means to be apostolic because I don't want to be identical to the apostles. I want to follow their example and then God promises that there's going to be greater things in the last day. All right. So let me throw some things out here tonight. What a, and I'll just elbow somebody and say this is what an apostolic believer believes. An apostolic believer believes and endeavors to apply, to apply all the Word of God to his or her life. The apostolic believer believes that the Word of God is not a buffet where we take what we want and leave what we don't want. The apostolic believer believes that every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is the inspired Word, and we need to believe and practice every word that is in the book. The apostolic believer believes that to be saved one must repent. No, I thought I'd get a bigger... I know, we're just bored with this. Let me tell you, Jesus said, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. We believe in repentance. An apostolic believer believes that when you come to God, you will change your life. That you will change your direction. That you will change what you love and you will change what you hate. You will change what you pursue in this world and trade it for a pursuit of the Most High God. In an apostolic church, we believe in change. We do not believe that repentance is as simple as running your car through a two-minute car wash. But we believe that there's going to be a transformation that happens, that we are going to be metamorphosized into something else. We believe in repentance. We believe that baptism is done in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And we believe like Philip did, hey, here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? I believe that baptism can be done morning, noon, or night. I believe that the, an apostolic believer believes there's only two prerequisites for baptism. That's repentance and enough water to get under it. It doesn't have to be in the church. It doesn't have to be in a river. It, does, it just says, here is water. All we need is enough water. And we believe that... Faith in that name washes away sins. An apostolic believer believes there's power in the name of Jesus. An apostolic believer believes there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Somebody shout, must? Must, must be saved. That's what an apostolic believer believes. Will you clap your hands right now? 
An apostolic believer believes that when someone receives the Holy Ghost, it will be accompanied by the sign of speaking with other tongues, as exampled in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. Because Jesus said, where you see the wind blowing, you'll hear the sound thereof. Wherever the wind blows, you're going to hear the sound thereof. An apostolic believer believes that God is indivisibly, unalterably, unnegotiably, one that Jesus Christ was and is the only true and living God that Jesus Christ was the I am that spoke to Moses on the mountaintop that Jesus Christ all in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever that he's the alpha he's the omega he's the beginning and the ending he said I'm the first and the last I'm he which was and which is right now and which is to come the apostolic believer believes unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God the Everlasting Father the Prince of Peace we know there's only one sitting on the throne and his name is Jesus An apostolic believer believes that he will be distinctive in appearance and conduct because the Word of God teaches us to be so. We need to get back to this truth, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. I know sometimes we try to write off the idea of being peculiar. We try to maybe dumb it down just a little bit, but we need to be different from the world. We better be different, strange in the eyes of the world. Because your holy lifestyle is going to be a banner someday when somebody needs prayer. When somebody's going to get serious about living for God, they're going to know who to come to. Hey, there's a peculiar people, but they know how to pray. They know how to get answers to prayers. There's things that happen amongst those Hey, there's a reason they wear uniforms at Taco Bell, so you'll know that that guy behind the counter works for Taco Bell. There's a reason that we wear that, that they wear uniforms at different businesses, so you'll know that they're part of that business. I want to be different from the world, so the world knows he's a child of the King. He says, "Be not conformed to this world. Don't fit in." Don't be molded into this world's form. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Titus 2.11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Can I just give a hand to the folks that came out on a Wednesday night to worship God? Amen. But it takes more than Acts 2.38, belief in one God, holiness and separation, to be apostolic. I want to talk to you for a little while about being apostolic in power, passion, and purpose. God help us to be apostolic in power. I'm thankful. Just wave if you're thankful for answered prayer. 
Just wave if you're thankful because you know of miracles that have happened in your immediate family. Thank God for the miraculous power. But I don't think that we have, a, that we have arrived at the level of the power of God He intends for His last day church. If the book of Acts had what they had in the book of Acts, this church is not going to go, come in with a roar and go out with a whisper. This church is not going to go out with less power than it came in with. There is going to be a showcasing of the presence and power of God like has never been seen on planet earth. I just feel like sharing this. I'm not sure why. Uh, Pastor Bounds told me, this has been six, eight months ago. He said they've had multiple, multiple drug addicts come to church and, and, and get delivered from drugs. They prayed through. They've gotten delivered. And uh, uh, somebody help me. If you're an IV drug user, large percentage of hepatitis C. Okay, thank you. thank you. He said every one of them that has gotten delivered from drugs has gone back to their doctor and has been hep C clean. Now, no, wait, wait, wait. You don't ever lose that. Am I, am I saying this right? Once you have hep C, you never lose hep C, right? Yeah. But there's power in the name of Jesus. Well, let me talk just a minute. A few years ago, there was a prophecy. I'm going to talk about Parkersburg and the revival that's going on there right now. A few years ago, there was a prophecy that came to Pastor Bounds. And he said, the prophecy was this. Parkersburg is a gateway city. Whatever that means. Parkersburg is a gateway city. A few months ago, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, the revival that's going on in Parkersburg, they are opening a gate, and that's what I want to do in every apostolic church, in every community. Can we just jump to our feet and receive that right now? God, whatever you want to pour out. God, we receive it. We... We receive end time apostolic revival. We want to be part of seven billion souls that you want to save. You have heard, many of you have heard the stories of the miracles in Malawi and the miracles in Guatemala and we think that happens overseas. It's going to happen in this local congregation. Let me, let me rephrase that. It's going to happen through this local congregation outside these walls. We are, somebody shout, we are an apostolic church in power. And if we can ever get out of God's... We don't need another Pentecost. We don't need God to give us more power. What we need is to learn how to get out of God's way and get into God's flow and let God do what only He can do. God, help us right now. I wish you'd close your eyes, lift your hands, and say, God, I want to be in your flow. I want to be doing what you're doing. God, I want to be apostolic in power. I want you to use me, oh Lord. I want you to use me for your glory, oh God. I wish some intercessors would begin to pray for this church right now. Lord, if there's anything that we're doing as a church that you need to prune out of us so that we're not in your way, I'm asking you to do it. 
talk to the leadership of this church. If there's anything that we are doing as a congregation that's in the way of what you want to do, God, prune it out of us so we can bear much fruit. Don't think for a moment that God loves people overseas more than he loves the people in Golly Bridge, more than he loves the people in Falls View, more than he loves the people in Charlton Heights and Smithers and Montgomery. God loves these people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God deliver us from our, of, of our Western culture, North American pampered mindsets. An apostolic church is a powerful church. We need to be apostolic in power. We need to be apostolic in passion. We need to be passionate about the doctrine. We need to be passionate about the doctrine. We don't need to be wishy-washy. It's okay. We need to be passionate about the doctrine. Doctrine saves. We need to be passionate about the doctrine. The first century church was passionate about doctrine. And they were, they were so passionate that they could not be quenched by persecution. And it was passion that drove them daily. A passion that makes everything else fade. I was thinking about this today. I want to have a church. I want to be part of a church. I want to be part of a church that when... The West Virginia Mountaineers are playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday night. We still have a packed house. God. Where the things of this world are so paled in comparison. They're just maybe the crumbs that are left over if we've got a little spare time after working for Jesus. God, help us to have apostolic passion. And God, help us to be apostolic in purpose. Somebody say purpose. Mark chapter 16, 15 is what we started out with. It says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. There was an urgency to the gospel. There was an understanding that whenever Jesus, and we read it, He gave those instructions, and it was as if, Brother Tim, He just passed a torch. Hey guys, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He believes. Be saved. They don't be damned. And he leaves. And 11 people are given this mandate. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The whole world is in your hands. We need an apostolic passion that we understand that the whole world is in the hands of the church. That every one of us has a responsibility to be part of reaching all the world and every creature. God baptize us with an urgency for all and every. The apostolic church must be mission-minded. Are, are you all okay? We're not asleep yet. The apostolic church 
must be mission-minded. I, I know that this church is now almost 32 years old, but I want us to be a missions church. I, let me talk about being a, a home missions church for a little bit. How many of you were, were here 30 years ago? How many of you attended over in the schoolhouse, which I never even saw? All right. Hey, there's a half a dozen of you here. Let me tell you what it's like to, to be a missions-minded. It is standing at the door on Sunday morning wondering if anybody's going to come and being excited when they do. It is calling, Facebooking, messaging, talking, trying to convince somebody to come to church. Because otherwise, you're not going to have anybody to preach to except your family. They might resent that. One man said you can only preach to your wife for so long before she starts to take it personal. <laughs> and, when, and when you have... Hey, let me tell you all funny. Y'all okay? We're preaching Mother's Day service. Mother's Day service in Lewisburg. Man, I've got this great message. I've probably preached it here because it was a great message. I've got this great message about Moses and his Moses's mother and, and, and how she protected him from the crocodiles. And I had, I had my notes all together. And I am ready to preach. Why was this? Okay. So I'm, I'm here and I'm ready to preach. And Brother Josh, there are two mothers in the building. I mean, I'm going to prop up moms. Moms, y'all got, got it going on. Y'all do great things. We got to have mothers. And there's two mothers in the building. And so, I, by the way, one of them was deaf. And in the middle of the preaching, the other one got up and went to the restroom. I took my iPad and I handed it to the deaf mom. Here, just read my notes. And I kept on preaching to everybody else. It's whatever I felt like preaching. In a missions work, every single individual is valuable. And you are wondering every, are they going to come? Are they going to come? Are they going to come? I want this church to have a missions mindset where every one of us is about our Father's business and we're inviting and we're witnessing and we're reaching out and we're teaching and we're loving and we're expecting and we're praying and we're wondering and we're valuing every single individual. God, help us not to be so consumed with the mechanics of a larger, mature church. Because we've got to be missions-minded. The apostolic church, elbow somebody say, we are missions-minded. To be apostolic means to go. I've heard this saying, and, okay, stop playing for a second. It's going to take longer than I thought. I've heard this saying. I mean, just, just wave at me if you've heard this saying. Some... 
give by going, and some go by giving. You ever heard that? And that's when we want to take up a big missions offering. Because we've got a missionary here trying to make sure he can go. So we say some go to give and some give to go. As if you can be exempted from going by giving. I'll let that sink in for a second. We, for some reason, we think we can be exempted from going because we gave. Truth is, everybody's got to go and everybody's got to give. Oh, you can say, I am not a missionary. Yes, you are. You may never go to Africa. You may never go to Brazil. You may never go to Europe. You don't have to be a foreign missionary to be a missionary. You don't have to go overseas to go. You don't have to plant a church in another city to go. Let me tell you what the first century apostles did, Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread from, they quote it, house to house. We must be an apostolic church that is willing to go. Not just go to church, not just go overseas, but the first mission of the apostolic church was to go to somebody's house. I know y'all want spit and speed tonight, but this is just too much. This is the first mission of the apostle. They didn't leave Jerusalem. They went to their neighbor's house. They went to their buddy on the job. They went. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay, now let's go back. Let's quote this again. Go ye, everybody say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? I think part of it is signs are going to follow those that believe that commandment enough to actually go. Because signs follow. We want to be an apostolic church in power. We've got to be an apostolic church in purpose. There has to be, and I know this is so cliched, there must be a go in the gospel. The apostolic church is a church that goes. We want to be apostolic in demonstration, but we first need to be an apostolic church in doctrine and devotion. When we're an apostolic church in doctrine and devotion, demonstration is going to come as a natural course of things. Look at your neighbor again and tell them, these signs follow. Let me, let me finish up by reading that scripture that we started with. And so after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to the heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Let's stand.
How many doesn't want to be an apostolic believer in power? Man, I want to be an apostolic believer in power. How many, how many want that, that scripture that says, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name? They'll cast out devils. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I, I desire that. But it says, These signs shall. Oh, everybody say it with me. These signs shall. If we don't go somewhere, there's no following. Is that too elementary? I, 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 don't, I don't say that. I'm, I'm not trying to be snarky or, or anything. It's just that we want the gospel to be so complicated. We want grand revelations. Here's a grand revelation. If there's no going, there can't be any following. And sometimes in the apostolic church, we're guilty of seeking after signs. God, I want this. I want more of your power. I want more of your demonstration. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And the Word says the signs will follow you. You don't have to go seeking signs. If you'll find a living room to tell somebody about the gospel in, you'll feel more anointing on you personally than you feel in this room. You'll feel more fulfilled. You'll feel what Jesus was talking about whenever He said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Brother Pat, I'd like you, now, don't do it, but I'd like to hear the story again about you answering an ad in the paper going to go buy a bass boat and praying the guy through you went to buy the bass boat the power of God is not limited to these four walls it is not limited to these four walls we need to be an apostolic church in power, passion and purpose I'm going to say it to you one more time we must be apostolic in principle before we can be apostolic in power. I I know I'm still talking about Tommy. I, I don't want to, for a moment, act like, man, this is just terrible. This is horrible. I don't feel like that. Do you feel like that when you come to church? I don't feel like that. I feel like this is the greatest place to be on planet earth, right here. I absolutely believe that. But I am not satisfied. I want more. I want more. I want more of whatever God has for Glen Ferris Apostolic Church. I wish you'd lift your hands right now and tell Him that, God, I want more. I want you to direct my life. I want you to direct my thoughts. I want to be an apostolic believer in power, in passion, and in purpose. I want to go wherever you lead me to go, whether it is across the seas or just across the street. God, I want you to lead me, but I know I can never be fulfilled and I can never be what you want me to be if I don't go. Somebody needs to go get your phone and text somebody and ask them for a Bible study. Somebody needs to get your your device and tell somebody, some of your Facebook friends, I've been thinking about you, I've been praying for you. 
God has something better for your life. We need to go in every way that we possibly can. And when we go, God is going to follow us with signs following. If you want to find a place to pray, that's fine. If you want to stand and lift your hands, that's fine. But God, I desire...